You are listening to the Grace Covenant Church Audio Podcast. So grab your Bibles, the sermon notes. Today we're in Nehemiah chapter 3. Last week on Sunday morning, I had the privilege of preaching in Belize. Actually, I preached on Friday uh, evening with an interpreter. And then, then Sunday morning, I was in uh, our Foursquare Church in Belmapan there uh, ministering the Word. I know Pastor Michelle preached here, and I know she did a phenomenal job. How many of you were blessed by Pastor Michelle's message last Sunday? Is she not terrific? I'm just so encouraged and blessed to get to work with her. She always brings a strong word, so I'm glad that she was able to fill in while I was gone. But today we're continuing on in this study in the book of Nehemiah, talking about how can we build a better world. And today we want to look to chapter 3, and we want to specifically talk about the, the principle of partnership. That's what we see happening in Nehemiah chapter 3. What we're going to discover is that the impossible became possible, and the wall around Jerusalem began to be rebuilt at an amazing pace because the people, the the Jewish people, began to work together as Nehemiah ordered and directed and kind of brought everyone together to link up. And dynamic things began to happen. And and the principle we see here in Nehemiah chapter 3 still works today. When you get people working together, whether it's uh, in the marriage, on the job, on the ball team, in the church, or in the community, great things happen. What might appear undoable becomes, becomes doable. And that's the power of partnership. That's the power of what happens when we link up and we work together. As I was preparing this message, I, I came across some funny pictures that I think illustrates uh, how partnership can enable us to reach our goal. And I thought I'd share a couple of these pictures with you this morning. First, we have, uh, yeah, here we have the, the baby ducks distracting the woman while the mama duck is like picking her purse. So this is what we call partnership at, at work. And then we have, uh, yeah, two little girls. Man, you've just got to get creative, right? You've got to figure out how do we make this work. And so we have one little girl boosting the other up to the water. What is that? That is partnership in action, right? And then we have, this is my favorite picture of all. <laughs> Only two little boys would come up with this, right? I don't think I would want to be the one on the bottom. I think he's got... He got the worst end of the deal. Uh, but what is it? Again, I think this is a, a funny picture, but it is a, a picture of what partnership looks like, of, of what happens when we have two individuals, three individuals, four individuals, or a group of individuals, or a church, or the body of Christ coming together. What happens? The, the impossible becomes possible through the power of partnership. Now, as you think of partnership, it really comes in all shapes and sizes. If you're married, if you're here today and you're married, then you and your spouse are partners, and hopefully you're working together um, to established to build an ongoing healthy relationship. If you if you volunteer um, your time at a service organization, then you're co-laboring, you're partnering with others in that service organization. Maybe at your work, depending on what your work is, I would assume for most of you, as you're at work, you have other individuals you're working with. So what? You are partnering in the marketplace. 
And it's in that partnering um, that dynamic things are happening, that you're hopefully making the company money. If not, you may be looking for a job. Um, but hopefully that's happening. Again, it's the power of partnership. And even as you are part of Grace Covenant Church, it, we, we're partnering together. Matter of fact, we call it partnership. We don't call it membership, depending on your background. Maybe you've been a member at other churches. Listen, you can't be a member here. You can be a partner, but not a member, because we don't use the term membership. Because I think it, it communicates all the wrong information. Because like being a member of something is like I pay my dues, And then I have perks and privileges because I paid my dues. And I don't think that's biblical. What I think is biblical is partnership. We're partnering with God and we're partnering with each other to make a difference in our community and in the world. So what we see is is partnerships, it comes in all different forms, shapes, and sizes. And it's happening really all around us all the time. This whole concept for me of, of partnership is really like fresh in my mind because I'm just returning from a mission trip in Belize, um, and, and let me, before I talk with you about what we did on the mission trip, uh, let me say this this morning. If you're here today and you have children, uh, you need to begin to think about, strategize, and plan for how are you going to get your children on the mission field? How are you going to get them into a place where they encounter individuals who are really different than themselves? So this is my little promo for mission trips this morning. As a dad who had the privilege of taking his two children, it was an awesome, unbelievable experience. Because how many of you know what we're living in here in the Lake Norman area is not normal? It's not. Go to third world countries. But you know what? My kids, before I took them on the mission field, before they went to Belize, they just thought what we're doing, what we're living is normal. Like this is like reality. And and they thought like how we live is how everyone else lives. And and it's really not. And as they were in some of the villages and, and some of the difficult areas that we were ministering in, doing VBS and watching children with move about with without shoes and really rags and going into... Um, little houses where there's dirt floors, as they saw that it was like their eyes were like wide open. It's like, wow, like there's people who live like this. Yeah, like, like most of the world, right? But it was, it was such an eye-open experience. And then as a dad, getting to watch my children, um, I don't want to cry about this, so watching my kids put their hands on people and pray for them and watching them paint little girls fingernails and rolling around in the dirt with kids just playing and man just being Jesus I thought wow man it doesn't get any better than this and so if you're a parent and you have a child or or a teen listen I'm telling you you got to figure out how are you going to get them on a mission trip as it will transform their lives so parents just put that on your bucket list something that you need to do but now let me get back to partnership it's so fresh on my mind because we had 10 people on our team we had seven teenagers one of our dear senior saints and then two adult men and so that was our group of 10 and so for six days we were in country and we had 
10 different individuals who had different skill sets, different abilities. We were all unique. Yet, as we came together, we were a team working together. We did a couple of vacation Bible schools and, and uh, some impoverished areas. We went to a, a, a home uh, where they rescue young ladies from, from human trafficking. And we spent an afternoon there just encouraging and blessing uh, the ladies and just, just really being Jesus to them. And we refurbished a park, just kind of did a home makeover on a park. Uh, we did, we're in several uh, church services. I mean, all of this happened. Why? Because we had 10 individuals who had different skill sets, different abilities, and we all came together to impact a nation. And that's the power of partnership. Another great, uh, for me, another great illustration of the power of partnership is the story of, of Habitat for Humanity. How many of you are familiar with that organization? I think probably most of us. 1976, 40 years ago, 1976, Millard and Linda Fuller had a God idea. And this was their God idea. What might happen if we could get people to work together, partner together, to help make affordable housing for those who cannot afford a home? What might happen? And that's how it all started 40 years ago. So to fast forward now to present day, 40 years later, get this. Millions of people have partnered together. Hundreds of organizations have partnered together. And today, through Habitat for Humanity, over 400,000 homes have been built around the world. Think about that. 400,000 homes impacting over 2 million people. How did it happen? It happened through this power of partnership. Individuals coming together, linking up, working together, bringing gifts, abilities, resources, impacting people around the world. Alone, alone we can do very little, but when we link up, when we work together, it's amazing the good things that can happen. Several years ago, Pastor Chuck Swindoll wrote a book called The Finishing Touch, and in the book, Um, He kind of summarized, he made a statement about partnership that I think summarizes it so well. I want to read just a a quick paragraph from his book. Chuck wrote, nobody is a whole team. We need each other. You need someone and someone needs you. Isolated islands, we're not. To make this thing called life work, we've got to lean and support, relate and respond, give and take, confess and forgive, and reach out and embrace and rely. Since none of us is a whole, independent, self-sufficient, super-capable, all-powerful hotshot, let's quit acting like we are. Life's lonely enough without our playing that silly role. The game is over. Let's link up. That is so well stated. Listen, in, in case you were thinking you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, you're really not. You don't have all the goods and you don't have all the gifts. You don't have all the abilities. You don't have all the resources. So what does that mean? It means this. It means you need others and others need you. And together we become effective. Listen, that is God's plan for the church, for the body of Christ at large, what, that we would link up, that we would partner. And, and we see that happening here in Nehemiah chapter 3. As we see the challenge escalating, we find the need for partnership elevates. So as the challenge escalates, what? The need for partnership elevates. It becomes even more significant because this is what I know. Listen, we're better together. We're better together. Remember, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, we're better together. We're better together. 
especially if you're sitting by your mate this morning. Look at him again. Tell him, hey, you're better with me. Go ahead and tell him. <laughs> it's true, right? It really is. What I've discovered in life is that one is too small of a number to achieve greatness. But if we're going to achieve greatness, if we're going to do something significant with our lives, then we need others. Listen, nothing of great significance has ever been accomplished by one solo act. And you, you can't think of one this morning. And if you were to name one, I would bet that somewhere underneath the surface, there was an, a group of individuals helping them do what they accomplished. So if we're going to do something significant in our lives, and listen, the last thing you want to do is just live and die. Give me a break. And God has greater plans for you than that. You don't want to just live your life, mark days on the counter, and then, you know, we say a few words over you when you're in a box. You don't want to do that. Man, you want to make a difference with your life. How do we make a difference with our lives? Again, it's through this process of partnership. It was President Lyndon Johnson who said, there's no problems we, can, there's no problems we cannot solve together, and there's very few that we can solve by ourselves. Again, Speaking of the value of partnership, we're going to see the reality of this as, as we look at Nehemiah's story here in chapter 3. Now, if you've read through the book of Nehemiah, several weeks ago, I encourage you to read the whole book so you have the whole story. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands as how many of you have done that. But if you have done that this morning, I would probably think when you came to Nehemiah chapter 3, you just skipped over chapter 3 and you went to chapter 4. How many of you did that? Come on, it's okay. Be honest. I do it myself. It's like all of those difficult names in there. I can't even begin to pronounce them. It's like, whatever happened to Pete, James, and John? Did they not have those names in Nehemiah's day? I mean, all these difficult names. And then it becomes very redundant. If you read chapter 3, it's it just like, okay, man, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Different names, same thing. Different names, same thing. There's a redundancy, and it can be like, well, well I, I'm just going to get on to chapter 4 because it's easier to read and it's easier to understand. Yet in this chapter, I believe there's a great principle that we can learn from, from Nehemiah's life and his leadership. If, if you were to take your Bible and underscore the phrases next to him, next to them, after him, or after them, those four phrases that speak of partnership, that speak of connection, if you were to underline those phrases in chapter 3 28 times in one chapter, 21 of 32 verses has uh, one of those phrases. What again, speaking of the rebuilding of the wall was a was a was a process of partnership. Individuals connecting together, linking up. Nehemiah in his leadership understood the power of partnership. So we have 38 individual workers named in this chapter. 42 different groups are identified, and each group had an assignment. They had an assignment as to what they were to do, where they were to work, and how they they were to accomplish their part that was a part of the bigger plan. The people finished this task because they obeyed the same leader, they kept their eyes on the same goal, and they worked together for the glory of God. And through partnership, the wall was rebuilt in an amazing 52 days. Now, if you're wondering, am I going to read this chapter with all these difficult names? No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that this morning because I can't. But what I want to do really quick is I want to just pull some principles from this chapter. Some principles as to partnership. And then as we conclude, make a couple points of application. But but from chapter 3, let me give you some, some principles as to the power of partnership. First, 
Partnership involves more people, thus affording more resources, ideas, and energy. Folks, it's really simple. The more people we get involved, the more work we get done. Right? The more people we get involved, the more work we get done. So Nehemiah, interesting, if you were to look to chapter 3, Nehemiah had the priests working with the princes. He had the goldsmiths um, working with the farmers. I mean, he had all of this diversity, yet he had individuals uh, specifically, strategically positioned at places along the wall and the rebuilding of the wall so that they could make their contribution. So each individual brought their experience, their skill set, and their ability. And together, as they worked together, each fulfilling their assignment, the wall began to take shape. And so what we see here is that when individuals are working together, we all become better. Because because we have like more resources, more ideas, and more energy. Listen, we're experiencing this right now as a congregation, as, as the neighborhood care center is being built. I was just up there last week kind of walking through the building. But it's an amazing story of a dream becoming reality of what God put in our hearts as a leadership team about impacting a neighborhood, about like becoming flesh, Jesus becoming flesh and moving into the neighborhood. We're seeing it happen right now. Yeah, this is where we're at in the process of, of construction. Uh, actually, the roof was, I think the roof went, uh, um, excuse me, the roofing went on Saturday. But get this, today... We've had like numerous individuals on the site volunteering, working, pouring concrete, raking gravel, putting in plumbing. Today, get this, we've got uh, right at $80,000 worth of product that's been donated. Everything from cabinets to flooring to roofing, uh, electrical, uh, the framing. Right at $80,000 for individuals who say, "I, I can bring this. And individuals say, I can bring this and I can add this. Do you need this? And what we're going to have here is a facility that's going to bring help and hope and encouragement. It's going to be Jesus in the neighborhood. Why? Because there was a congregation who said, hey, together we can make this happen. The individual's bringing resources, ideas, energy. And as a result of that, we end up with a facility that's bringing life here in our community. Again, the power of partnership. More people. Again, more resources, more energy, more ideas. You know, every once in a while here with our staff, I'll run into like a roadblock and it's like I'm struggling. Okay, what's the best decision to make? What solution do we need? And one of the things I've come to discover is if I just call a brainstorming session. And so we get like a lot of different people in the room who have different perspectives and different ideas. And like they see the world really different than I see the world. And we just kind of, we spend an hour just throwing out ideas. It's amazing. It's amazing. All the good, all the good ideas we come up with. Why? Because we got a lot of folks in the room who have different gifts, different abilities, and they're seeing the world a little different. And in that, what we make each other better. And so when we come up with a better plan, what, again, it's the, it's the power of partnership. You know, Solomon wrote about this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Listen to what he wrote. He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. Two are better than one. Power partnership. When he went on to say in, in verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Folks, there's no way around it. Partnership not only makes us better, but it enables us to accomplish more. 
Rather than just kind of being on your own, doing your own thing, know what? Partnership makes us better. The second principle of partnership is this. Partnership maximizes a person's strengths and minimizes their weaknesses. Maximizes strength, minimizes weaknesses. You know, as Nehemiah was positioning people to work on the wall, he placed people where they could make the greatest contribution. He positioned them to maximize their strength so that working together, the people could be most effective. As I said, here's the reality. No single one person has all the goods, right? No single one person has all the abilities, all the resources, all the knowledge. No, No one person has all of that. And what I've come to discover is that you have strengths and you have weaknesses. I have strengths and I have weaknesses. And as we partner up, then your strengths hopefully are going to make up for my weaknesses and my weaknesses are going to make up, I mean, my strengths are going to make up for your weaknesses. And at the end of the game, at the end of the day, we're better together. It happened through partnership. I mean, you see it happening here pretty much every Sunday in our worship experience. And that we have individuals who are, we've positioned them so they can maximize their gifts. Now this may amaze you, but in 21 years, I've been here 21 years, in 21 years, never have I been asked to lead a song. (laughs) Never. And people think like I'm the boss here and I'm in control, but they won't let me sing. 21 years, I'm... I've never been invited on the platform to sing a song. Let me tell you why. It's my weakness. And if you don't, if you don't believe that, then just come and stand by me one Sunday morning. I can prove it. It is my weakness. But you know, we have individuals who, and you saw them here this morning on the platform. It happens to be their strength. And so they were playing in their strength, doing what they're really gifted to do. And it was great. And then I happen to have this strength called communication And so I'm bringing my gift set and together, as we're partnering together, they're making up for my weakness. Because again, trust me, you don't want to hear me sing. Um, They're making up for my weakness. And then I'm here doing what I can do. And together we become effective. Again, that is the power of partnership. It maximizes a person's strength, minimizes their weakness. Here's the third a principle of partnership. Partnership brings opportunity for encouragement and accountability. Encouragement and accountability. You know, as you get on to Nehemiah chapter 4, and we're going to be there next week, but it wasn't very far along in the project until they began to hit some challenges, some difficult days. How many of you know life brings difficult days? Even when you're doing God's work, right? There's still adversity. There's still challenges. But chapter four, Nehemiah comes to that. So here you have, I mean, think about it. You have all of these individuals partnering together. Everyone's working on the wall, rebuilding the wall. And again, they didn't have cranes. They didn't have bulldozers. So we got, you got to rethink this thing. I mean, we're talking hard labor. They're working on the wall. In the midst of working on the wall, the scripture says that they became overwhelmed uh, by the size of the task and all of the rubble and all of this, all the trash and how can we get the wall? So they, they were overwhelmed by the size of the task. They had their enemies who were ridiculing them, kind of laughing at them for the work that they were doing. On top of that, their adversary says, hey, we're going to come and attack you. We're not going to tell you when. It's going to be a surprise, but we're going to come and we're going to wipe you all out. How many of you know, in the midst of that, there could be some discouragement. Yet in, in the rebuilding of the wall, as Nehemiah had strategically positioned individuals side by side, what could happen is like one could encourage another. Because how many of you know, again, we all have bad days. Would you agree with that? 
I have bad days. You have bad days. We all have bad days. I mean, it happens in our lives. We get challenged. We get, we get down. And the great thing for Nehemiah is he positioned individuals working together. Like if one guy was having a bad day, his neighbor could come over and like encourage him. Or maybe if one guy was falling behind in his work, then like the neighbor to the right and the neighbor to the left, man, they could rally around him and they could help him kind of like catch up on his work. Now, all of this happened through, through this principle of partnership. See, as we're partnering together, then we have individuals who can encourage us. You know, several months ago, I was facing like seven major challenges all at one time. And it's like, how come I couldn't just have one today? Like one would be okay. But how many of you know, sometimes life doesn't happen that way. So I had like six or seven things that were like in my face. Um, And I don't know how to express it other than this. The pressure was so great, I felt like I was suffocating. Anyone identify with that? I had these major challenges. And I, I really came to the point where paralysis set in. You know, and the, the uh, analysis of paralysis, I had these issues and I knew I needed to make a decision. I knew I needed to do something, but like I was so overwhelmed, I, I didn't know what to do. And the benefit for me is I've come to the place that I never do work alone. Because I've, I've discovered I, I need other people. They make me better. I never, I never do work alone. I never do life alone. And so what I did is I brought in some of my associates and I said, hey, this is the reality of what I'm facing right now. It was amazing the perspective they brought about my situation. It was amazing the encouragement, how they spoke life to me. What it's the benefit of partnering with others. What do you have? You have someone who can lift you when you're having a bad day. You have someone who can speak perspective to you when you like have a distorted view of the reality of what's happening in your life. What it happens when you have people around you. Listen, if you're living life alone and you're like on this solo uh, act. You don't have people around you. And this is what I know. Life is going to get hard. It's reality. And when it does get hard, if you're, if you're living in partnership, then again, you have people who can speak life to you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, Paul wrote these words. He says, encourage one another and build each other up. Encourage one another, build each other up. Listen, you can only do that if you have people around you. If you're kind of like doing life on your own, I don't need anybody. Kind of like that Lone Ranger concept. Then listen, you're not going to have people around you that you can encourage or they can encourage you. But when we're partnering together again, we have people who can speak life to us. Here's the last principle of partnership. I think partnership makes the impossible Possible. That's what I love about part, partnership. The impossible possible. As I mentioned earlier, in 52 days, now that's mind-boggling, 52 days they took a pile of rubble and turned it into a wall that created defense for the city of Jerusalem. They took gates that had been burned because the city of Jerusalem had been attacked, totally destroyed by the Babylonians. So the walls totally demolished. The gates have been burned. In 52 days they rebuilt the gates, they rebuilt the wall, and the job was completed. It happened because of partnership. The partnership, the impossible, becomes possible. Again, we're seeing this right now in the, in the life of Grace Covenant. A couple months ago, I, I extended an opportunity to you, the congregation, to be a part of providing the Gospel of John for two people groups in the country of the Ivory Coast. Individuals who do not have God's Word in their heart language. And for that to happen, we needed $60,000. 
And not only $60,000, but we needed someone to translate the scripture. And so for us to provide the Gospel of John for these two people groups, which was like an impossible assignment, we had to have some partnership. Like I couldn't do it on my own. I didn't have 60000 that I could say, hey, here, take care of the project. I didn't have the 60000 Probably for most of you in the room, you couldn't have come up with the 60000 But together... As a church family, we said, hey, let's all work together. Let's sponsor verses. And individuals, families begin to sponsor verses. We raise the money. And then we have this partner called the Seed Company. And they know all about Scripture translation. I mean, if you were to say to me, here, Pharaoh, take the Gospel of John and translate it into these people's language, like I wouldn't even know where to start. I'm challenged with the English language myself. Like, how, how would I do that? But get this. Through the, through the process of partnership, so the Grace Covenant family, everyone contributing, sponsoring verses. Now we have the seed company. They're doing the translation. As we're partnering together, the impossible is becoming possible. And get this, there's individuals in the country of Ivory Coast for the first time is going to receive a copy of God's Word that speaks life to them. How did it happen? It happened through partnership. And that's the power of partnership. The impossible becomes possible. Helen Keller, I believe, was right on the money when she made this statement, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Alone we can do so little, but as we link up, as we come together, as we partner together, we can do so much. It's the power of partnership. So what are the takeaways this morning? What, 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 do, you, what do you do with this? Uh, let me leave you with these three statements. The first is this. You've got to know that partnership will elevate your effectiveness. It will elevate your effectiveness. You, you become more effective. Why? Because we're better together. Dana makes me better and I make Dana better. Together, we're better. I, I become more effective because I have Dana as an elder speaking into my life, praying for me. They covered, they covered my family in prayer as we were in Belize. I'm better because of Dana. And, and I believe Dana's better because of me. Um, that's a statement of faith. Uh, I've become more effective because of, of this relationship, of this partnership. So if, if you've kind of been on the sidelines, then here's my challenge to you this morning. You need to get off the sidelines and get in the game. You need to find your place. You need to make your contribution. Listen, God didn't place goods in your life just so you could hold on to them and say, oh, you know, look, look at me. No, he's given you gifts and abilities and ideas and resources for a greater cause and a greater purpose. You've got to get off the sidelines and you've got to get in the game. Why? Because partnership will elevate your effectiveness in life. Uh, secondly, I, I would want you to know that, that partnership requires investment. It requires investment. In other words, if you're going to be a partner, you must invest. I want to specifically speak this morning um, to couples who are married. So if you're here today and you're married, as I was working on this sermon, the Holy Spirit just kept speaking to my mind about marriage and investment. Because marriage is a partnership, right? Marriage is a partnership. Husbands, you have a partner, your wife, you have a helpmate. Wives, you have a partner, your husband. It is a partnership. Let me tell you this morning, marriage only works if you're investing in the marriage. 
And if you're here today and marriage is not working for you, then let me tell you, you can call it whatever you want, but somewhere underneath the service, at the end of the day, someone's not investing in the marriage relationship. Someone's holding out. So I'm telling you this morning, if marriage is going to work, then you must invest in the marriage relationship. The marriage will only be as good as two individuals choose to make it. So what partnership, specifically the marriage partnership, requires ongoing investment. The third takeaway this morning is that partnership is the way to grow the kingdom, God's kingdom. It's God's plan. I mean, read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul talks about the body of Christ. He talks about the ears and the eyes and the hands and how each part has a place. You know, the the ear has a job, and it's not the job of the eye. The eye has a job. It's not the job of the ear. The hand has a job. The foot has a job. And every part is significant to the whole. Listen, God's plan and God's order and God's design, His way to grow the kingdom is everyone finding their place and fulfilling their place. It's partnership. How do we grow God's kingdom? How do we bring honor to God and like be about His work in the world today? It's not individuals just on their own doing great things. No, it's, it's coming together as a team. Kind of like, our, again, our mission trip to Belize. We had 10 unique individuals, but each individual brought, brought their gifts and made a contribution to the whole. Together, we became nation changers. And that's the power of partnership. And I encourage you this morning, find your place. Listen, Nehemiah found a place on the wall for every individual. It didn't matter if they were the goldsmith, if they were the farmer, if they were the priest, if they were the prince. He found a place where they could make a contribution. Listen, you have a contribution to make. I encourage you this morning, find your place. Let us help you find your place. If you're here today and say, I don't even know where to begin. Listen, email Email us this week, stacy at gracecovenant.org. Or you can email myself, feral at gracecovenant.org. We will help you find your place. Because listen, God's called you to be a part of His work in the world. And the process is through partnership. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for the encouragement of your word, the challenge of your word. Lord, even in this chapter where there's a lot of names it's difficult to pronounce and a seeming redundancy, Lord, there's this powerful principle of what happens when individuals say, hey, let's link up. Let's work together. We see this wall coming out of the rubble, the place of ruin becoming a place of possibility, all because of partnership. Lord, I think that is such a a vivid picture of what can happen in marriages as husband and wife say, hey, we're going to partner together. We're going to invest in this relationship. Lord, it's, it's a vivid picture of what can happen in a church when we say, hey, let's link up. These are my gifts. These are my gifts. These are my resources. These are my ideas. And, and as we bring those together, Wow, Lord, we become a powerful force to bring honor to you and to impact a community and a world. Lord, it's through the principle of partnership. Lord, this morning, my prayer for every individual here, Lord, that they would find their place and make their contribution. Whatever that would be. Whatever you've gifted them to be, Lord, whatever place you have, Lord, may they find that in the work of your kingdom. Maybe it's in 
in the life of Grace Covenant. Maybe it's in some other organization outside of Grace Covenant. Lord, it's all about you and it's all about your kingdom. So it really doesn't matter the where. Lord, what matters is, is that we're finding our place and we're linking up. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would not allow an individual in the room today to be comfortable with themselves until they find their place. Until they make that contribution. And Lord, I pray specifically this morning for husbands and wives. Because Lord, I believe that was a prophetic word. Lord, it was a a bit of a challenge for couples today who are not investing. They have this partnership and they've just been taking their mate for granted. They've not been investing in the marriage relationship. And the partnership, to be honest, in, in its present state, it's not working. Their marriage is not working. Holy Spirit, even as you put that on my mind early this morning, Lord, so you know who those individuals are. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would convict that husband, that you would convict that wife, and it would be a wake-up, Lord, that this very statement, this very prayer would be a wake-up call for them in relation to their marriage. Because, Lord, this is, again, what I know really simple. Marriage is only as good as we make it. So, Lord, in that marriage partnership, Lord, for whoever those individuals would be this morning, may they take the necessary steps and make the necessary adjustments to invest well in their marriage partnership. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.